You're listening to episode 52 of the Urban Yogi podcast featuring Reese Satchel, Paisley Hart. Reese Satchel is a wild businessman. Exploring the unknown is our birthright, he says. Combining entrepreneurship and shamanic practice, Reese Satchel walks boldly between both worlds. With his experience in the music, digital marketing, and holistic coaching industries, his gifts are unique and diverse. He embodies the hybrid archetype of the wild businessman. Reese Satchel is known to prowl the mysterious shadow realms of business. With the flaming torch of innovation, he sets the normal and mundane ablaze with alternative business approaches. Living by the religion of infinite curiosity and no taboo is what makes him stand out. The accolades, achievements, and rapid growth shared between his clients and his artists are a testament to his uniqueness and grit. Reese has proven that he has a sharp eye in discerning who he works with and where he invests his creative magic. His mission is to collect the world's creative misfits and work alongside them, unlocking their true potential with his tool, experience, and wisdom. Do you dare join him on a journey into the unknown? Check him out at hellopaisleyheart.com. And I hope you enjoy this beautiful interview with my brother, Reese Satchel. I just had a beautiful swim this morning and went and got some cacao, made one before I'm uh, a little meeting. And I love cacao. I was deciding, should I have kratom or cacao? And I went for kratom, but, but I was just about to have cacao as well. Okay. Both is good. Both is good. You know, you, you guys have kratom down there too, yeah? I have no clue what that is. Oh, it's this um, plant from Bali. It's got sort of um, opioid properties to it. Okay. Yeah. Never heard of it. Yeah, check it out. K-R-A-T-O-M. I bet that it's, you probably get good shit down there because you're close to Bali. Probably be fresh. Uh, this, this cacao that I get, it's ceremonial cacao, and it comes from Peru. It's really nice. I was referring to the kratom, but but yeah, the uh, the cacao would be, I'm sure, good as well. I'll have to try that out too. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. My pleasure. It was a very spontaneous reach out. Yeah, I just had this feeling. I was like, I want to. I just liked your beard. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little it's shorter it, uh, it's, a little though. it's shorter now yeah this is the longest it's been in a little bit cool tell me a little yeah. bit about yourself what what city did you hail from growing up i grew up in a place called jervis bay which is about three hours south of sydney it's a very like bush beach rural town and like quite simplistic it's like you surf or you or you fucking ride a motorbike you know as a kid and then then when you're older you become you become a tradie or that's about it for men oh wow Uh, 
So I obviously did not do that and I started travelling around and, yeah, I got more into like music and and drugs and those kinds of things. So I made a living through dealing drugs when I was younger okay. and just like finding a path of like of ecstasy essentially, um, which eventually led to spirituality and shamanism and rites of passage and all these cool. different ways. So, What kind of drugs did you get into? Do you mind me asking? Uh, growing up, like I the first thing the, the, I think marijuana would have been the first thing I did, but it was never like a big thing for me. Pills, like ecstasy was definitely like taken tons of ecstasy, uh, MDMA. Uh, and then just like, like a bit of ketamine. And then I got really into psychedelics, like LSD, mushrooms and whatnot. Um, like pretty much I'd taken everything by heroin. Wow. <laughs> yeah i used to do lots of cocaine that was my thing uh cocaine over here is very expensive is it very yeah well, it was pretty expensive here too and then i realized it wasn't even cocaine in vancouver it's mostly fentanyl okay it's like 300 dollars a gram here oh gosh <laughs> oh that's very worse, way worse than here super expensive shit yeah i'm just putting this in, in in case it echoes think we're okay, good cool. just just to be safe so tell me about your like everything you're up to it's so um I feel like you're like a, a mirror like some of the things you're up to and, and the things that you post I resonate mm. so much with uh and it's so refreshing because um there were there were many times in my life where I felt like am I the only like alien on this planet <laughs> it's nice to know there's other aliens out there and it seems like there's a lot of really cool aliens in australia lots of aliens here in australia um yeah, yeah over the last like six or so months um like from around july last year i just was like went full on and just really expressed the fuck out of myself on social media <laughs> um everything from like things around sex, death, business and artistry like were the main topics I was sort of looking at um, and just this philosophy, knowledge bombs, like vulnerable shares, mostly vulnerable shares is like is the niche that I was really good at, like being able to tap into a thing that really was like at the core of me and then could get it out for other people to relate to. Um, yeah, so just like looking at like stuff in men's work, women's work, like yeah, hetero relating, polyamory, monogamy, uh, sexual fluidity, homosexuality, like all of these things. And I'm just quite a shapeshifter myself in the manner of like I like to try everything. That's like I tried all the drugs, I tried all the ethnicities of human and sexualities and um all the different kinds of work and I just I like I just I really get off on it like just yeah. what else you know like if life is here and I can just try it all but I'm just trying to figure out now in ways that is quite beneficial to me because like no mm -hmm. my like my drug taking era had lots of benefits for me but overall you know like my body didn't like it so just right. figuring it to things that um serve my body and my consciousness uh in my intelligence um, totally. whilst 
experimenting in so many different areas. How old are you? Can I ask? I'm 28. Oh, you're so young. Nice. Yeah. How old are you? Oh, 34. Okay. You're still yeah. pretty young. You're still pretty young. <laughs> uh, you know, I've never been to Australia. I've spent some time in New Zealand. My parents are okay. in New Zealand. But um, yeah, do you know um, a woman named Rosie Reese who teaches naked women's yoga from Australia? Rosie Reese, no? Rosie Reese, no. Rosie Reese, I love her. <laughs> She's so amazing. Um, <laughs> have you uh, have you seen uh, Summer Heights High? Yes, yes. That's the um, the one with uh, Jonah from Tonga, right? Is that? Oh, miss. You're never going to get yeah. a date looking like that, miss. You're on your yeah. period or what? <laughs> That's the show, right? I love that show. I, I find that Chris Lee guy is like a comedic genius. I love, uh, I love his character, Jamee. Oh, my God. I'm a private school girl. I'm not supposed <laughs> to be here. Everyone's being a fucking bitch. It's crazy. Like, over the last few years, that blew up a lot. But I feel like it used to be around, like, 10 years ago. Yeah. I was then, like, at home when I was young. And then, for some reason, just got really big recently. Yeah, I feel like it's almost bigger in Canada than in Oz. Like, everybody like, ah. makes jokes about Jamee all the time up here, <laughs> at least in my circles. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, back to Rosie Rees. She's, like, an amazing fixture in the, in the naked yoga world. Uh, cool. And then I found out about you through Cam. Cam. Cam Fraser? Cam Fraser, yeah. You popped up on his stories feed. And I was like, who's that guy? I want to, I want to know who that guy is. Cam <laughs> um, is amazing. I love his work. Yeah, his work is so, so awesome as well. And, and then who else? There's some other guys. Um, Phallic Priest of Power, I think his, his handle used to be. Uh, um, um, Tyron. Tyron Mowbray. Mowbray, yes. Mowbray, yeah. yeah. He's up to some really cool stuff. And both in Australia, in the States, and in Canada, I keep interacting with these men who are predominantly heterosexual but are now no longer uh, in the dark about the fact that they're homoerotic sometimes. That's really refreshing to me because I always thought that – I always you know, stand by the idea that everything's a spectrum in nature, including male sexuality. And I remember being in university and taking all these courses on sexuality and they'd always be like, you know, studies show that women are sexually fluid, but men, it's either gay or straight. And I was like, mm, I don't think that's true. I think the patriarchy okay. wants that to be the case because it keeps men competing against each other and in shame. But I don't know if that's actually real. <laughs> it's so interesting. Like, so my, like, I am quite fluid. Like I've had, I've had sexual encounters with men I've not had relationships with sexuality. I've had relationships with men without sexuality. Um, not men, just a man um, who is still like a best friend of mine. And, but recently, like over the last few months, the more I've been diving into it, especially in Sydney, because I grew up down the coast, it's, it's not as progressive. Like younger boys, like, like, that are of age nowadays are very fluid and very open to it. Like, um, in Sydney, in Sydney. And like more so like I, on a rare occasion, I go out to like electronic nightclubs with some friends cause they're still in that scene I used to be in. And like, yeah, a couple months ago, just out of nowhere, I, I picked up this, this man, like, and he was just a younger boy and like of age, but, 
is like super like, yeah, I'm fluid, you know, like I like girls, I like boys. And then last night I was with this this dude who I just like, he was he was at a, a restaurant, he works at a restaurant like a while ago and I seen him, I was like, you are like so beautiful. And he was like, he gave me his number and he just got out of like a five-year relationship with a woman that he's like, yeah, I'm just like being very fluid at the moment. He's like 24. I'm like, man, this blows my mind. That's that, awesome. Like, these people aren't like super spiritual people, but they're just, it's just the culture now for younger people just to be fluid and open to these different experiences, especially men. Like mm-hmm. I I was like flabbergasted in, in this experience of just being like, whoa, like you're so open and it's not like your prerogative. Like me, it's like I'm being open and really expressive now, but it's just his natural way of, of life. Right. And it, and it, to me, it's extra surprising because I've always seen Australia is very like, no offense, but there's sort of like this toxic masculinity butch thing that a lot of my Australian friends have had to live up to in the past. And I don't know, have you, no, have you noticed that? There's kind of like a, a toxic masculinity, like you got to be really manly in Aust- as an Australian man. Yeah, like yes and no. In certain certain, it depends in the circles. Yeah, and the areas. Yeah, even even like from growing up, I came from like this rural town. But even the guys that I hung out with, they were like in the year above me, and they were all the footy boys. But they were also pretty boys, and they were like like they like masturbated in front of one another and all these different things. And I was like. But they were like the jocks, you know, like, and just just super fluid. And I've just always, and then when I was in the electronic scene taking drugs and, and we're very expressive with our clothes in these kind of nightclubs, like just, I've always been around very fluid men in, in my life. My my dad isn't super fluid, but, and he's, he's friends and his generation, but yeah, like. That's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. I feel like things are changing globally and, and there's more of an openness for specifically men to be like, I, I go cold plunging with a bunch of guys who identify as heterosexual and I tell them what I do, or I, I go, um, I go to Brazilian jujitsu and I tell them what I do. I, I teach masturbation classes for men. And at first they're like, Whoa, what What the fuck? And then like, some of them are like, Oh, could I come? I'm like, sure you can come. Well, don't come, but come like, cause I teach semen retention. <laughs> so I'm like gum and I'll teach you how to separate orgasm from ejaculation. I'm like, Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's cool Maybe. to have, have that. Cause you know, one of my teachers says, act on your highest excitement. So I'm always trying to do that. And the idea of like straight and gay and everything in between coming together to do things like naked yoga or sexual Kung Fu or, or this or that, and just express themselves naked is really exciting to me. Yeah. I seen a post of yours as like in the look like some cold waters somewhere. And it was like men of different ages and sexualities and whatnot. And I had to read the post. I was like, Oh, this is great. Like this man, with their bodies, doing things that are good for them. Speaking of which, did you great. get did you get my uh, my message? Yeah, I replied. It's oh. all good for me. Oh, it's good. Oh, well, let's get naked then. <laughs> cool. See you there. <laughs> nice tats, bro. Thank you, mate. Yeah. You had an interesting post that I saw. Um, you were speaking about the love between younger men and how that's like a pivotal thing in our development and how it has been suppressed, but it's nice to acknowledge it. 
Yeah, I've like recently become so obsessed with coming of age movies for like young men. Um, like what? Have you heard? Have you heard of the Perks of Being a Wallflower? No. All right, I'm gonna write uh, that down. It's in fucking incredible. Like. Uh, I'm super obsessed with that. I've watched uh-huh. the movie, read the book. Um, Call Me By Your Name. Have you heard of that? Oh, that was a great one. Yeah. That's a fucking great book. Um, like Breath, which is an Australian surf movie. Okay. Yeah, it's super beautiful. Um, like even like Lords of Dogtown, that's a coming of age movie. Oh, yeah. Um, so just like young men when they're at the age of like high testosterone, figuring out what like women mean or men or whatever and like, yeah, becoming pubescent and and like having that innocence of, of, of love between one another that yeah. is like slowly becomes taken away due to like, yeah, the patriarchy and like just conditioning, but at that age where they capture that innocence. Um, and so at start of last year, I, so I, before this, I had had like sexual encounters with men, but they were just like in threesomes or like just hookups, like nothing that was like hearty. Um, and and started last year, I met this this man um, when I was on tour. Tour for what? We, uh, with an artist that I was managing at the time. Nice. Uh, and he rocks up. We don't know each other, but he meets like I'm at the door with a mutual friend, a friend, and then he comes in, and the mutual friend introduces us. I hug him, and like instantly, I was like, "Oh, whoa!" Like that was an interesting. He gives a great hug but who is this man? And then I'm working and doing things. And at the end I give, I'm like, Oh, nice to meet you. Give him a hug. And like, I was like, Oh, well, I'm feeling something here. Like I have feelings here. And I was like, Hey, uh, do you want to hang out sometime? He's like, yeah. And like a week or two later we hung out and had, I had the like most romantic time of my whole life. Like, it was full on. I didn't accept it at first. I had a partner at the time and she's like, and she knows about my fluidity and, and we were open relating and whatnot. And I was like, yeah, just, you know, we did this fucking amazing day. We went for walks on the beach. We climbed cliffs. We climbed trees. We wrestled in the rain. We did all these amazing things, um, you know, until like three in the morning and then had like an amazing hug goodbye in the rain, like, and, and yeah, when I got back in my car, I was shook. And I told her the next day and she's like, if that was a woman, would you consider that a romantic date? And I was like, well, yeah. And just like from then on, when him and I hung out, it just had that like innocent romance about it. Mm. Um, and it was, it's never sexual. Um, but the, And he's a poet. And then I came to his poetry gig of his, and, which was very full on as well. He He actually wrote a poem about, wanting to kiss me um through like intimacy in a platonic way but scared of what that meant about his sexuality which was Mm. just like blew me away i did not expect that whatsoever um but the the guy that was like the headline poem poet of the of the night um he did 
he was doing poems about like the innocence of young boys. And like, that was when it sunk in. I was like, Oh my God, like I'm really journeying that innocence. I feel like I was robbed of um, as a child right now in my 27, like my twenties, you know, what was your childhood like? Did you feel like you couldn't do things like that when you were younger? My dad, like me and him had a quite a dysfunctional relationship when, when we were younger Mm-hmm. When I was younger, um, when I was 16, I moved out of home and didn't speak to him for like eight years. Now we have a good relationship again, mm-hmm. uh, all for the first time. But so I was all, and he's like not a very feeling person um, and like just a bloke, you know. He, he rides a motorbike, a Harley, he goes fishing, he, you know, like fucks chicks and you know, does his thing, you know. Um, which is great, good on him, um, but it just didn't. I didn't feel lots of room for my own innocence at that age, and then, yeah, like at a very early age, I was sexually abused by an older boy, and mm. it sort of again, so it felt like it was another layer of robbing of my innocence. So I had a bit of a inability to fully drop into that um, innocent intimate relationships with with boys and, and men because just like my dad I didn't have that with him and then I had that experience um so I was always a bit like detached in that manner I always had really intimate relationships with women even if I wasn't you know sexually active with them but men it was a bit like yeah taken aback I see yeah, that makes sense mm-hmm. well isn't that great that you can you can explore that now and and that you're comfortable with yourself to just be as you be and, and love who you love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really grateful for that relationship with that man um, who, yeah, I'm still best friends with to this day. Um, and, yeah, it's just like just being able to have those moments and just create them at any time, like, um, like just last night. It's the middle of the night. We met up, went for a swim in the ocean, played on the beach and then went our separate ways. It's like, oh, that's so beautiful and innocent, you know, and like little boy play. Yeah, that's so sweet. Mm. That's partly actually why I got into Brazilian jiu-jitsu is I, I didn't have much rough and tumble play when I was mm. a kid. And I realized mm. like I was, you know, I was like the choir boy and, and um, doing a lot of sort of like non-contact sports stuff. And it feels really good to just like wrestle with another guy. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. definitely like lowers my stress and elevates oxytocin and other things in me for sure. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. so important. I feel for guys. Yeah. I've never done Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but just like me and friends were just primal play fight, you know, we're just like yeah. get down on my knees and just like, just go for the pin and like, just go backwards and forwards, you know, doing that. That's so fun. And just to be able to use like your everything, you know, and then just like when you're done, it's like, Ugh like be dead together is so nice if i ever come to sydney can we wrestle of course 100 (laughs) (laughs) awesome sweet man so tell me about i want to hear about spiraling and i want to hear about your funeral rituals the spiral is something that's created by a man called dane thomas um it's like genius how he created it it's it's like a hybrid of all these different um modalities mixed into one it's like it's got nlp it's got kinesiology it's got spiral dynamics 
It's cool. got all, all these different things that's blended into one. It's a eight-week transformational process where you root clear um, 22 of the human's key emotions um, as you go up through the chakras and, and like sort of elevate people's consciousness and unpack trauma and conditioning and patterns to help people wow. be like free and liberated. This is sort of where I, when I first went to the spiral just as a client, uh, that's where I started to see like, oh, fuck, like conditioning here, patterns there, this with my dad, this with my partners, like this with my mom, all like this moment in my life at five years old, that happened, you know, like right. before spiral, I didn't even understand that that sexual abuse was sexual abuse, you know, afterwards mm. I was like, oh my God, that was like not okay what happened, you know, like. Right. Uh, so Have just you like read the ability to see things. Have yes, I read? it makes me think of Power Versus Force by David R. Hawkins. Have you it's, uh Yeah, it's got a lot of Hawkins work in it. So cool. um, we, we use the um, scale of consciousness as well. Nice. I'm reading yeah. that right now. I started a men's group uh, where we get naked and read books and, and play with our dicks. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. Um, and so we're reading, yeah, Power Versus Force. And I love that scales of consciousness. I can really resonate with that. Um, mm. The one thing I find difficult sometimes is the muscle testing, the kinesiology aspect. I sometimes I'm like, oh, am I integrous right now? Like, am I am I integrous enough for this to actually be accurate? Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's interesting, you know. Like when I first went to the spiral, the first level, I had never heard of it. Just my roommate. I just moved into a new house. Mm. One of the roommates was away, and she came back, and she's like, hey, I just did this thing called the spiral. I want to take everyone through that in the house through the spiral. I was fairly new to spirituality. I was like meditating and reading a few books. That was about it, like a bit of yoga. And um, nice. And she's like, yeah, like she wants to do it. And I'm like, I'm doing it. And she's doing this muscle testing shit. <laughs> and I, after the session, I, in my head, I was like, well, that was a load of fucking shit, you know? Like, <laughs> what the fuck is this, you know? Like, yeah. and then like after a week, I started to see changes in my life. And then I, just doing it and and like I believe it I've read into it more and at minimum I just look at it like tarot you know it's just like you know like when it breaks it's like it's just like when you pull out the card and it's just relevant to you in that moment you know but it could have been any right. card it could have broke at any time this muscle test right so I just yeah at minimum I just trust it like like tarot but overall I've did more reading into kinesiology and it seems fucking right. And as a few like kinesiology party tricks, I know where you can actually manipulate people's bodies. And I'm like, okay, this has to be fucking real because I'm, I'm making people's bodies move in ways without their permission. Wow. Oh, I definitely, yeah. I definitely think it's, it's uh, there's a lot of truth to it. I guess just some, cause even Hawkins says like 20% of the population cannot do it just for whatever reason, karmic reason or whatever. And then you have to be at 200 or above. Your frequency has to be at, calibrated at 200 above for it to be accurate. Yeah, well, with our way, with David Hawking's, with that scale of consciousness, we believe uh, in, in like the spiral mo modality is that like he has a very limited version of it. It's mm. like if you go up the scale to a 1,000, then like 
we can clear our way there, you know, like, and, and we can do it quite easily rather than just being like, Oh, you're, you're just 200 and you only can go from a hundred to 300 in your life. You know? Yeah. Well, he even says, he goes so far as to say most people can only get five points. Like he's very kind of pessimistic about it. Yeah. It feels a bit dogmatic to me. It's just like, here's a scale and none of you will ever be able to go off it. It's like, (laughs) watch us. But the thing as well is, is like, it's my belief is like, for instance, when I first did Spiral, I may have went up the consciousness scale to a 1,000, but then my field had changed and that 1,000 may have only been a 500, you know, now. Oh, you know, interesting. It's because it's like I'm at the 1,000% of my capacity and then there's the Buddha, Buddha field and these different ways of testing out, you know, rather than up. It's like, okay, let's see how far yeah. our radius goes out, you know, like how much we're penetrating people beyond us and these different ways so that the scale is, is malleable in, in, in my belief. I like that belief. That, that resonates with me. Yeah. What are some of the techniques you guys use to, to spiral up? Yeah, essentially, so there's a thing called a root clear. Okay. Uh, can I show you this? I'll just like show from a distance so you can't really see. Wait, no, I won't. Let me see if I can find something that doesn't. This is like clients and things, but uh, <laughs> I'll just write an example version so you can sort of get it. Um, so this is like, this is a timeline here and it okay. says like, so say we're clearing shame right here. There'll be three core times where you rooted in another story into that emotion. So you might have like put in a story of um, lust at, at five years old or fear at seven or something like that, where you had a moment yeah. of like where you're, sh- where you linked fear to shame. And so you play out this pattern constantly rather than being in a neutral state. Um, so we go through and unpack those three pivotal times in your life. That's created the pattern and clear it out through, through using these tests and, and the emotions and, and rubbing certain points with like Chinese uh, medicine, like the meridian points. Cool. Uh, and, and to move you through. So essentially all you're doing is spotting the story, moving it through your body by feeling the emotion that you haven't allowed yourself to previously feel and then detaching it from the emotion so you can clearly have a clear relationship with shame. And then I will ask a reframe question at the end, like once we've done it to sort of, it's like, okay, cool. We've got rid of the shit, but now what's the positive side? So once we finish like clearing our shame, I'll be like, what's going to be different about your life now yeah. that you feel like you're worth it. Cool. It's that, it's that NLP of like, Oh fuck. And then we rewire new, new stories into their brains that are going out into the world and being like, Oh fuck, you know, like before I didn't think I was worth it because I had these stories attached. Yes. And when, when you're helping people clear these emotion, these uh, pinched off emotions, do you uh, encourage them to express like if they need to cry or scream or hit a pillow or is that part of it? Yeah. So I will do like, like I like closing your eyes deep breaths with sound and like sound breath and movement is, is a very large part of tapping into the emotion for me. Nice. And then just depending on, on what it is, it's like, yeah, grab a pillow and fucking scream into it or punch it. Or, you know, like what would you say to your dad in this moment? If it, if it, he were here and you could go back to that moment, whatever it is, cry, sing, laugh, it's all sort of welcome. Um, 
and then after each session sort of give an integration task that is relevant to um relevant to the session they did so maybe we just did heart and it's like okay like every day do five minutes of gazing in the mirror or like write yourself a love letter or whatever it is you know like this these nice. simple things that maybe people have never thought of or done um and then they do it and they're like, oh fuck like now i know how i like to be spoken to or now i'm comfortable with actually looking at myself i've seen myself now nice um, whatever it is just yeah there's an integration task and it always is different for each person that's beautiful. It sounds like it's a very holistic, actual, you know, tried and true ways to rise up in consciousness. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I like is like he created a map for yeah. it, you know, it's like it's, it's not just like, here's some tools. It's like, here's some tools and the map that you've got to follow. Obviously there'll be little tangents away because we've got other things like quadrant clears, manifestation clears, statement clears, um, all these different versions of, of ways of clearing, but essentially the bare minimum is just doing these 22 root clears all the way to the top of your consciousness through the chakras. And when you say root clear, do you mean like the root chakra? You're starting with the root chakra? We start, no, or just like, so that this little map thing, this where on, on top I would write the age and on the bottom I would write the emotion. And what I we're see. doing, we're pulling them out of the roots, these stories that you've Oh, I get you. Yeah. Very cool, man. Well, that sounds like a great modality. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to look into that. that. He's a very amazing man. Um, and I'm sure he would be open to, to doing this as well. He's, he's a very, uh, yeah, he likes, he likes getting the word out and, and chatting with people. Awesome. Is he from Australia? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. I will definitely check him out. And then tell me, brother, about your funeral ritual stuff. What's, hmm. How does that all work? So, yeah, it came to me last year. I've been doing the process for myself for like three years. Um, so up until early last year, I was working in the music industry for over seven years. Wow. Uh, and I was running a record label and I closed it down early last year. And so like my favorite parts was like the creating, like making music videos, making these like alternate worlds. Mm -hmm. But then we go out on tour and, we, and my artists would perform on these stages and they're, they're up on this platform and the lifestyle of the, the stage or whatever it is didn't really match the music videos in a way like, it wasn't as immersive. It's like, imagine if, like, I know when I watch music videos, like, oh, I want in on that life for yeah. a moment, you know? So I, I, once I quit my, the, the record label, I shut it down. I went out to the desert for a while and just went on a vision quest and just like got rid of my house, got rid of my job, got rid of my partner, um, with love, all of them. Um, mm -hmm. And it was just like, you know, I'm not coming back until I know what I want to do next. And it was like, okay, I want to create experiences where it's like a transformative experience that feels like you're in a music video, essentially. Like, and then eventually I was like, this, the funeral started coming to me. There's a few other ideas I'm still going to do, but the funeral's been what's been really coming forward and, and what it is is because i'm super into shamanism as well hmm. um 
it's an experience and I'm really into the aesthetics of it all as well. So the, the bare minimum of it is that I'm burying people alive, um, putting them a foot or two underground and they're breathing through a snorkel. And it's the idea is like, it's like a death and then a rebirth. So, so their, their heads are actually under the, under the sand. Yeah. And then wow. there's a pump that they're breathing through. Wow. That's really intense. Yeah. It's like, it's like sensory deprivation. It's like those flotation tanks, but in the earth. Um, and have you done, have you done this yourself? Yeah. I've done it for like three years. Oh, you've actually, wow. Wow. Yeah. So I was practicing it for a very long time before I felt confident to take that makes sense. as a, I've taken many people through it, but not as a charged experience that's all dressed up. So um, cause the pictures yeah, so, on your Instagram, they were buried up into the neck. I guess they had, it hadn't fully been submerged. So be, I was, so I'm like, wow, that's really extreme. But I mean, that's the full meal deal right there. Get completely submerged. <laughs> well, because if, I, if, if, if the photos are just of them underground <laughs> with these little straws, little sandpaper yeah. noses. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't do justice. So, yeah. um, yeah, and the idea, a few reasons where it came for me was like one is like working with men for so long and just seeing like the male suicide rates as being so high. Like, and, and my belief is why people kill themselves is because there's a part of themselves that they don't like anymore. Oh, that's and, so true, yeah. And they don't know how to let go of that part. So, oh, that's interesting because a lot of modalities say you've got to embrace it, but you're saying you got to learn how to let it go. Tell me more about that. Well, it's 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 subjective how you look at it. It's like for, for this experience for me is like it's giving permission to go in, and it's like okay, let's kill that that part of you, you know. And then what do you want to rebirth into? And usually, when they go under there. There's like a lot of ego, a lot of survival brain. Um, and then it comes to like a deep clarity and a meditative state. Um, and there's that, that, that bit of like letting go of, it's like the death to the ego of that part of you that hates it, you know, and then you rebirth into this new version that you want to call in. And that's how I'm reframing it for people. It's like you're still loving that part of you, but you've just killed the ego of it. And, mm. and seeded it to a new transformative version of it. Wow. And how do you, so, so how long do they stay under? <laughs> and how long do, um, or how, how do you tell if they're, they're okay? So it goes for, they're under for 30 to 60 minutes. Okay. Um, and like, again, like through this pipe, I give them permission to scream, sing, laugh, cry talk but if they need me it's help just to say help and there's there's support people like because i take 10 people wow. through at a time but there's supports by each person so i'm sort of guiding the experience because there's a whole experience before and after that i'm taking people through to get them prepared like mentally wow. and physically and energetically on board um and if and they're if it's a straw in their sorry if it's a straw in their mouth how do they vocalize like help it's it's like a, a a proper snorkel. It's not in my room, but like oh, you know, okay. like when you go diving and and there's yes. the snorkel, yeah, like that. So it's it's wide, you know, and you can. It's not clear, but you you're able to hear help. You know, it's like oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh wow that's so cool it's like yeah and i've had people you know like pop out instantly like soon as we put it over their face and they're like no nah, can't do it like and we dig them out you know yeah, yeah. Um, and we leave them with just their head out or their full body out or they're like i need everything out you know yeah, um, yeah. it almost makes me think of like when i've been to sweat lodges and sometimes it it is so intense like i one time i had to get out i just said you know all my relations and I, I had to take a break because it, it was literally suffocating mm-hmm, mm-hmm. claustrophobic. Yeah. 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 So yeah, the idea with it is like, that's the, the crux of the experience, right? But yeah. like dress it up is like, I get, you know, very like a black hooded cloak with some face paint and I have a big totem there with, I mean, a big shrine with people put their totems on. I put totems on, um, the assistants are wearing very like shamanic, witchy looking clothes, like very pagan-ish. Um, yeah. Like the last one had a cellist. So it's like they're, they're and like a vocalist. So they're being like lulled into this like pagan mythological space as they're coming in as like, as they get guided down, they come down in silence and there's like a medicine drum bringing them down, dropping them in. So there's, there's these elements of like, this is what I imagine a, like for a cellist that likes to make dark music. This is what their music video would look like is like, they would cool. be creating a funeral, you know, like a pagan funeral. Um, so this is how I'm trying to tap into music is, is like, I have these other experiences coming where it's like, how would I, how would I create a music video for this artist? That's also a transformational process for people. Um, that I can now bring the two together and make it an offering that's for a limited amount of people. Um, and, and really I can experience the music I want to, and I can create experiences for people that I want to, you know, because I like I, with the spiral is like, I'm stopping. I'm not going to spiral people anymore because I'm doing it online like this or some people in person, but it's mm-hmm. a map and it's not lots of physical. I go, they go out and do physical integrations, but it's not a physical embodiment at that time. And I like, I like moments of going in and, and doing these things, whether, you know, I've hosted like self pleasure parties as a ritual and, and like rage parties and this and that where we're mm-hmm. actually physically doing something and releasing um, and, and this is how I want to create more. So I'm in it and I'm, I'm facilitating experiences and doing what I want to do. Like if I could just constantly being at self-pleasure parties and hosting rituals and smashing fucking shit and, and dancing in these particular ways, like I would do that all the time. So it's like, cool, let's create experiences where I get paid for it and do that. Amen, brother. That's where I'm at too. It's like I was teaching exactly. for a yoga chain and I was like, I'm sick of saying, you know, get into downward dog and do a sun salutation. And, you know, so, so yeah, now I teach like naked men's yoga and co-ed eye gazing naked workshops and just sort of different experiences. And it just, yeah, it just feels so great. I do kind of feel like there's a shamanistic element to what I do as well. And I can really empathize or relate 100%. with that. And uh, 100%. yeah, it's really inspiring to, to see all the things you're up to. And, and so it's so you and it's so, original and it's so needed mm. by the world by this world that's you know 99.9 percent is bought into this colonialist whitewashed existence and it's nice to to bring it back to our pagan roots which brings me to my next question what are your roots do you know where your ancestors are from 
I don't know the full deep dive, but yeah, I'm just like from the Not English it, colony. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know lots and lots. Like as far as my mum has tracked back, we're just English, you know, like we're from mm-hmm. the UK. Uh, and before I, Christianization, I, that English area, that UK area had a lot of rich, you know, paganism and witchcraft. Yeah, I'm sure it does go back to like pagan times, but that's, just, I don't know. And I'm not super connected to my family in that way to know enough. Um, well, see, it sounds like you're yeah. pulling it through the ethers. Yeah. And, and like, I study all cultures, you know, like yeah. I, I'm into all different cultures this particular thing that i'm doing right now has a very pagan element around it um but in saying that like like this burial process is through cultures all across the world like you know egyptians done it like peruvians done it like fucking mongolians done it pagans done it like everyone did burials at one point throughout their like shamanic culture evolution right um so like live burials Live burials, yeah, yeah. Um, as a as a rites of passage from boy to man, like that's essentially where it came from. Wow, I didn't know that yeah. piece. Yeah. That was one of the yeah. technologies of of the boy to man ritual. Yeah, yeah, like where like someone passed it on to me, and like yeah, and I've read books where it's like it was just one of the many steps, like like uh, somewhere in like the Native Americans as this. These guys, they were called Bumblebee Tribe or something. It was like a whole process to go from like boy to man and had to like go out on a vision quest and then he had to like just like kill a buck with his own hands, like a moose or something like that. Um, I don't know what it was, some kind of animal with an antlers. And what he did, what they have to do is they beat it and then they take the antler off and they hollow it, and this is what they use for their their pipe to breathe under underground. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, that's their, <laughs> that's their snorkel back in the day. Fuck, bone snorkel, shit. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. That's what I want to do is to be able to get some antlers and 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 form a mouthpiece for it, and actually have that because it's like this beautiful process of mine and everything's super intentional, but then I just got these plastic snorkels hanging out of the ground. I'm like, Oh, I need to change that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope I'll, I'll pray that you get some good antlers. <laughs> <laughs> a friend said they have a, up in Queensland, um, they have a property and there's always deers that die there and they just oh, have cool. like antlers law. So I just need to get it and then hollow them out. Oh, there you go. Sweet. You got, yeah. got a connection. Tell me about your uh, the self pleasure parties. What happens there? How does that? How does it all work out? So, it was just again like just something I wanted to do, you know. And I just hit up a bunch of friends and was like, "Let's, um, let's do. You, are you guys interested in doing this?" And it all sort of sort of started with just me and a few friends, like men and women had just a Facebook group together, inbox group, where we just sent each other erotic art, you know, in a platonic way. Um, And then eventually I was like, well, let's have a self-pleasure party, you know, like we do a lot of erotic art together. We we dance in eroticism and and tap into our own feminine nature, Um, but we've never witnessed each other in that. And um, 
yeah, just like so beautiful again, like creating an intentional experience where we had like an altar and we had fruits and oils and chocolates and music and these things and just in an Airbnb. Um, and yeah, it's, it's definitely something I want to tap into more. Um, a friend of mine, she just released a song called Skin. Her name is Alpha Mama. I'm not too sure if you're familiar with her. I'll check her out. She's like incredible. Um, she yeah, just released a song called Skin, which is like an, a pop R&B kind of song, like very right. soulful though, not, not generic pop. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about self-pleasure and we're going to do a party. We're going to actually create an event for her thing, like rather than just a normal concert and, and she's going to perform this song, um, you know, like a self-pleasure circle and she's going to be self-pleasuring herself and we're going to have like fruits for people and take them through immersive fruit experiences and create um, like projections on the wall of like, fruit and and nature and art porn where it's just not like normal porn where people just fucking but it's like just like certain shots of bodies and and like fruit being you know erotically and sensually touched on ourselves and yeah that's what rosie rees does Uh, a huge a huge part of her work is the sensual fruit eating so if you follow Uh, her every second story she's erotically eating fruit it's very sexy (laughs) It's very beautiful. Yeah, well, have you ever self-pleasured with fruit? It's like amazing. Well, I went to sort of like a play, a tantric play party, and we were dipping, uh, you know, strawberries and chocolate, or we'd be, I was rubbing um, cacao, you know, with warm cacao with coconut oil on this woman's breast and licking it off. And so that we're sort of using food and fruit in that context, which was quite Mm -hmm. lovely. Nice. (laughs) I highly recommend, one, mango skin is amazing for self-pleasure. Oh, really? And the other day, um, I, I took on the Call Me By Your Name and I, I, I fucked a peach and the texture oh. is amazing. And I made like an erotic, um, I made an erotic film piece out of it as well. Oh, can you um, send it to me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I will. Awesome. I'd um, love to see that. That would be, that would be inspiring. But, uh, yeah, like just the texture. It's like unlike any other lube, you know, because it's got yeah. the, it's got the luby element, but it's sticky in just the right way, you know? Like it's right. not too sticky, but it's got a thick element that is, to me, it's like, in a way, it's like when you can, you can like, you've got a, a bit of like pussy juice and a bit of ejaculation together and it's yeah. got that, that sticky lubricant uh, energy from it, but it's, it's, it's oh, fruit awesome. as well. It's yeah, it's very erotic. So yeah, check out papayas, papayas. mangoes. Wow, you can Uh, have sex with all these beautiful fruits. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you said the peach. When you do the peach, you take the pit out and then you fuck the middle of the peach. Uh huh. Uh huh. Nice. And then eat the peach afterwards, and it's delicious. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Yeah, like I love to eat my own ejaculate. I feel like it's like you know re-ingesting my essence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I, really I, enjoy I don't that. like to wait. If I'm using my ejaculate, I'll eat it or I'll like <laughs> put it on yourself. It. Totally. Yeah. Sometimes I like to do this ritual. If I'm going to ejaculate, I write all, all my goals on a piece of paper and I, I pleasure myself and visualize myself as if those goals have already manifested. And then I'll come and I'll, I'll come on the piece of paper and then I'll take 
some of the come and put it all over myself and kind of bond with my goal. It feels really good. Hey, sex magic. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I love it. I actually, <laughs> I teach workshops in that where a bunch of guys, we stand in a circle and then we, we pleasure ourselves in a circle. And then right before you ejaculate, you say your core desired feeling like, I'm grounded. <laughs> and then as you're ejaculating, all the other men say, yes, you are grounded. And you're just like, oh, that's incredible that's really incredible yeah it it feels it feels good it feels good to take activities sexually that are either in the shadows or in the dark or or just shamed by our culture and then make them beautiful and intentional again Mm -hmm. I'm, i'm curious to know like what was the sort of pivotal turnover for you to be like okay i want to do like everything naked and like self pleasury with men yeah uh well the turning point you know, it kind of just was like, it's almost like that song Defying Gravity from Wicked, the musical. It's like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's about, um, the musical is about like how the Wicked Witch became Wicked. You know, she's basically okay. misunderstood. Like she was, she was green and everybody else was normal. And, you know, she had all these powers and people just thought she was a freak. So it's like, um, the, the, how does the song go? It's like, um, something has changed within me. Something is not the same. I'm through with playing by the rules of someone else's game. Too late for second guessing. Too late to go back to sleep. It's time to trust my instincts. Close my eyes and leap. And it goes on, but it's like, it's too late. I just realized a few years ago, like I can't, the dream that I had of being this like mainstream pop star you know on canadian idol that's i can't want that anymore i've got to yeah i've got to be who i really am and i have to stop censoring myself to try to fit into some mold some other person's game that was never meant for me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh you know i'm from the i study the kundalini yoga lineage and they believe that in 2012 like that ended the piscean age which was all about self-hate hierarchies, even on a hormonal level, you know, like sort of like there's this fish called the African cichlid where the males will fight with each other and the the losing males balls shrivel up and it becomes uh, sterile and the winning males balls gorge with testosterone and the winning male fucks all the women and the other ones are just the, the losers and they're actually hormonally fucked. So I felt like in, in the Piscean age, it's like there are these male hierarchy dominance structures and, the one at the top was allowed to have all the money and the women and the resources and all the other ones had to work really hard and kind of be pinched off emotionally and hormonally. So I know, I feel that now that we're in the Aquarian age, it's not about being famous or getting to the top. Now it's like a circle and we're all, we all deserve to have testicles filled with testosterone. And, and now the technologies are there, you know, the esoteric wisdom that's now public that was only available to certain emperors and certain initiates I'm, I'm speaking about mm-hmm. sexual Kung Fu. This technology can actually increase your testosterone and make you feel more manly and make you feel more potent and actually increase your testosterone in a scientific way. It's measurable. So yeah, I think I just realized all this in the last three years. I was just like, fuck it. I'm, I'm not going to play the Piscean game of trying to fit in, you know, be this, this round peg fitting into a triangular hole or whatever. I'm going to be as I be. And I'm going to stop looking for evidence to the contrary of it because I don't want world alignment anymore. You know, I want personal alignment. 
You know, so my mantra is I need and want only alignment between me and my dream. And so that sort of fuels everything I do. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. I love it. And what was the choice to go, okay, these things are going to be naked. Oh yeah. The naked piece. You know, I, I was asked in 2013 to teach naked men's yoga at a sex club and it always felt like a little bit dirty. And, and I, so I, because I felt like that, I would attract critics being like, Oh, that you're, you know, you're bastardizing yoga. Yoga is meant to be done with clothes on. And then I did some more research and I was like, no, actually the naked sadhus, like the yogis of, of India of ancient times in the Himalayas, they were not wearing Lululemon, you know, (laughs) (laughs) they, they were, they were not wearing white robes with a white turban, you know, getting dirty in caves they were mostly naked or in loincloths so historically it just feels really more authentic and just in my own bones it just feels better to 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 not have clothes on you know most of the clothes that people wear in the west to do yoga are made of polyester and and polyester is a plastic and that's basically xenoestrogen so when people are wearing this it's disrupting their electromagnetic field and then they're washing these polyester clothes and little microbeads of plastic are being leached into our oceans. The fish are eating it. And then we are now being feminized and our hormonal balance is being thrown off by these stupid clothes. <laughs> so I just thought, well, fuck it. I'm not going to participate in that. And, you know, it just came out in the news, not to bash Lululemon because I was an ambassador for them, but not after this podcast. Um, they... <laughs> You know, it's, it came out the news that, that actually certain plants where, where the clothes, the Lululemon clothes are made, the workers are being verbally and physically abused as they're making these Lululemon clothes, being called uh-huh. sluts and idiots and being slapped and not paid well at all. Like, I think they make like what a, one pair of Lululemon stretchy pants costs. They make that in like a year or something like it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, uh, it's really poor. So I just thought, well, if that's what yoga's become, I don't want to be part of it. I, I'd rather sort of do my own thing. And the, the, actually, you know what? The turning point that made me confident enough, the catalyst that made me confident enough to actually teach it and be open about it, was I met, I was introduced to this tantric teacher named Amy Jindra. You should follow yeah. her on, on Instagram. She's great. And Amy, she. Jindra. Amy Jindra, J-I-N-D-R-A. And uh, she actually was up in Vancouver. She lives in Brooklyn. And we, I had her on my podcast. And she said, uh, so where's the co-ed naked yoga here? And I said, well, I'm sorry, Amy. I don't think we have that here. And she's like, oh, well, that sucks. Like, would you want to teach like a, a workshop with me? I was like, sure. So we ended up, she got sick the day before. So I taught it with another girl. But that kind of just her confidence in, in her teaching Tantra and just kind of matter of factly saying, well, how come there isn't naked yoga here? It just kind of inspired me to start teaching it again because I had stopped. I let the pressure get to me like the my colleagues who were saying that I was bastardizing yoga by teaching it naked. I let that get to me. And I thought, oh, well, you know, I do feel kind of dirty when I teach it and this and that. That being said, I was drinking a lot back then and I was doing drugs. So on a, on a physical level, I was dirty. I was not clean. Uh-huh. I was, I was uh-huh. full. I was probably filled with fentanyl. Yeah. So I basically cleaned up my act and then I met her and then I just started teaching and it just, to me, it just feels so much more authentic and I've attracted amazing people. I just hung out with my buddy silver. He's this guy, he and his girlfriend do sex coaching and, and other things. And, and we get naked down by the river and we, 
we do this thing called the wild man activation where we just like come into like a horse stance and we make claws and we take the energy of nature and we like go we like bring it down into our nuts and then we take our balls and we just shake them and it just feels really it feels really good Right. Yeah, and we teach it to to tribes of men. We just get a bunch of men in a room, like shaking our balls around, <laughs> and then we hug it. We hug at the end. Incredible, incredible. And how? Like, what's it? This is just turned into me asking you lots. Of <laughs> it's okay. Um, like, what's the demographic that you that gets involved for you? Do you mean like how they identify? How the men or the how old yeah, they are? Like, even like yeah, ages, but more so like what they do in the world like for work and whatnot is it mostly like the more spiritual hippie kind or do you ever get any corporates in yeah we get a lot of corporates um because it's a lot of like the people are like either guys i've met from jujitsu which can just be a smorgasbord of different kinds of guys and then guys who i meet through the cold plunging community and one of those guys is like a, a world-class hockey player another one is a um some sort of business man. Another one is like a, a mo- he models for this um, Lululemon type company. And he's also like a, a scholarship. Uh, he works in like the, the, the college industry. I'm not quite sure what he does, helping people get scholarships. So it's very diverse. Cool. I would yeah. say actually mostly they're not guys who are into the spiritual, you know, woo stuff. It's mostly like straight laced guys. So it's really Amazing. interesting. Yeah. It's kind of surprising. I, I didn't actually think about that until now. So thanks for bringing that to my attention. It's guys yeah. who want to push their boundaries. Yeah. You know, who, who are kind of maybe feeling like they need to step out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah, man. It's, it's really fun. It's nice to get paid to like do what you love and be creative. <laughs> yes. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, yeah. I'm like always just so happy that I just, do what I fucking love, you know, and mm. I'm because you know I've worked jobs and I still find I always even the weirdest jobs I've ever worked, you know, I always find something fun about it in the people and the customer service or whatever. Like I always find something that I can enjoy about it. But overall, there was always that tone of like oh, I don't want to wake up to do this, you know. Like right now, I'm I get to wake up, or it's like today I'm going to sleep in, you know, like and yeah. I can do that because I can, because I choose to. Yes. Yeah. I feel that way too. I'm very grateful that I, I'm excited to like get up and like research sexual Kung Fu and share new techniques with the guys. And next weekend I'm teaming up with a, a girl from us, uh, New Zealand. She's a tantric uh, teacher and we're going to offer that naked yoga co-ed eye gazing workshop at a, it's called the co-creative sex summit. And they're having speakers and tantric people from all over the world come together to offer this weekend workshop. And yeah, it's just, Incredible. it's really fun that we get, get to play in this arena and, and, and also be able to sustain ourselves financially. I'm into it. I'm into it. Yeah, man. Have you ever <laughs> been to Vancouver? I've never left the country. Oh my gosh. You're so Australian. I'm very Australian. <laughs> Yeah, I told myself I'd get a passport after this tour. So this year, maybe, maybe, so it happens. But yeah, at least I'll get a passport and so I can do it if I want to. Yeah, man, come to Vancouver and we'll do a, we should do a collaboration. I'm into it. I want to go everywhere and it's good. Like meeting more people like yourself is to be able to tap into each other's audiences. Yeah. Uh, That's, that's an amazing thing to have. 
I just got kicked off. Uh, I got banned from Facebook. I've been banned from Facebook many times um, just for sharing about naked yoga. Last, the last time I got banned was for, I had a picture of me and my friend Silver hugging naked in the water. Uh-huh. And uh, they, they said that that, was in a, that went against community standards. And then I got my whole Instagram got deleted. So I, that, the new one is the one that I have now, but I had to start from scratch again. Uh, yeah, it really sucked. And I tried to get it back and I couldn't, but, um, it was just for sharing, like, it was actually like one of them, like I had retweeted or I had reposted somebody else's photo, which was weird. Like I was like, well, if if he's allowed to put it up, how come I'm getting deleted for putting out? What what the fuck? That happened to me one time I shared one of Tyron's pictures, um, shameless sex God. And Uh like, it's like a distance photo and he's like, got um a friend and he's holding him up in the air and they're both naked and like it's pretty far away but you can sort of see tyron's pop and i shared uh-huh. it to my story we're gonna we're gonna chat online and um like i do a live together and um yeah and i got i got a warning for it i'm like what the fuck but this is his picture not mine. yeah exactly yeah. i don't know how that works but but that was but yeah he's he's had his profile deleted before and a few friends, and what you do, it's probably too late for your other one now, but is just say it got hacked. You just say it wasn't me that posted it, and they have to give it back. Oh, and who do you, yeah. who do, you do you email somebody, or who, who do you tell that to? Yeah, in your, when you're like, because usually there's like a report system with it when it gets deleted, and you can report it back and say, hey, this got hacked. Because, um, see, I didn't even get that option. <laughs> it just... One morning I couldn't log in, but okay, yeah, okay. Um, ha- yeah. Well, how many followers <laughs> did you lose? I had a, just under five thousand. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, I was looking at your profile when you messaged me, and I was like, "This dude looks like he should have way more followers than he currently <laughs> does." Thank um, you. Like you, you got the right layout, you got the right like highlights, you're posting enough, and like you got a good niche. And I was like, feels like more people should be tapping into this. Mm, thank you. Yeah, it was a little annoying, but but I noticed that you have some posts on on censorship and and uh, yeah, I guess it just is what it is, and we kind of have to work within the confines of these of these platforms at the moment. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. That's a big thing because yeah, I've shared you know, like erotic art and, you know, like certain things. Like one time <laughs> I did a post and then I just like in the vein of talking about the funeral, I wrote, why don't you kill yourself? And it just got fucking demolished. Like they're like, They took that you, down? You couldn't, you can't say that, you know? Oh, so even verbal stuff they can, they, they really do pay attention to. Yeah, it's because of it was like, it was too suggestive, you know? And I was like, yeah, but if you read the, because I went on to say like, kill a part of yourself you know right right like that's too misleading like you're encouraging suicide i was like i'm actually doing quite the opposite yeah yeah it's very sort of restrictive and i really feel that they should be more like youtube and if it is something that's like sensitive content just put like a an age restriction on it or something but yeah well like twitter you can put up porn and it's fine and and that's humbly you that um but unfortunately that got restricted as well because I, I used to like i used to be on tumblr i used to just follow lots of like um erotic art tumblers and like male like self-pleasure and eroticism 
ones, like just like the array and spectrum. And it was just such a good place for me to really learn and, and be inspired. And then that got canned. And I found yeah. a few of them on Twitter, which is good. But yeah, yeah, a lot of to um, like what's that fans only and whatnot. And I like just started it. that. Yeah. Cause, cause yeah. I get, it's, it's the most interesting thing. Like it's mostly straight guys who reach out to me or guys with wives being like, you know, will you ever come to our city? I'd love you to lead a, a naked yoga, sexual Kung Fu workshop in our city. Here's a picture of me naked. It's so cute. Like these straight guys will like send me pictures of their cocks and, and, and then they'll be like, can we have like a private? And so I've taught some of them privates on, on zoom and, um, it's just, it's really, it's really beautiful that, that there is this platform despite the censorship. Um, yeah. you just have to, I guess yeah. we just have to work around it for now until they figure something out. Cause they're going to have to figure something out. Like they can't just keep deleting people's accounts and, and, and slapping people on the wrist. I feel like they should do what YouTube does because it's, it seems a yeah. little bit like it makes more sense, you know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. especially as it goes from pictures to more videos and, you know, Instagram is really becoming like a mini YouTube. Mm-hmm. that's interesting you said about men like you know sending pictures of their cock and whatnot it's like i get a lot of that in my instagram even though i'm not teaching to the extent of you and it's just such a thing like men want to show their cocks that they just never have permission and they come across someone like us they're like oh my god permission and sometimes <laughs> it comes across quite in like unconsensual like they don't ask permission first but uh-huh. i'm pretty like yeah. Or whatever yeah, i get it i'll tell them hey maybe next time you should ask for consent but yeah i'm okay with it you're not in trouble but it's yeah. such a thing you know like showing your cock is it's like really something to be proud of and, and yeah and also that a lot of shame around it you know from society and also like size difference and all these different things but that's you know, a huge I just, piece i talk about in my classes just saying like guys you know, I'm up here, usually when I'm in front of a bunch of guys, my dick shrinks in. It's okay. Like, I'm okay with it. Sometimes it's going to be small. Sometimes it'll be bigger. You know, look at yeah. look at everybody's dicks. And I actually do an exercise where we stand in a circle and then I turn in and I look at the guy's cock and he looks at mine and then we go, brother, you've got a beautiful cock. And we just go yeah. around in the circle and we every guy does that with every other guy. And it's just kind of fun to break down the, the yeah, those sort of those ideologies of those schisms, if, if you will, of, of like, you know, c- comparison and cock size is so ridiculous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I never grew up with lots of nudity with others, but like I go to nudist beaches recently, I started swimming laps of the pool. So I'm always like in a locker room and just like, that is just so like, Oh, like a place where it's just normal and people do it. Yeah. You know, some people aren't as like, Hey mate, you know, and like everything's all cool. People like to change over here and put on their clothes, but still, it's like something normal. Yeah, it, it feels good. And you know, I I used to be very self conscious, and I would never want to get naked. Then I started going to a university where there's North America's most beautiful naked beach right there. So I would I would go down and I would take off my clothes. And I remember being so nervous, but you just do it over and over again. Then finally, it's just like, oh, feels fine now. And, I, you know, I, it's my wish that that every guy feels comfortable to just be naked if they want. You know, the YMCAs, I didn't realize, were clothing optional up until the late 60s. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, the men would all swim naked together. And the, the Greek Olympics nice. were all done naked initially. It was just naked men wrestling each other uh, and running and javelin and all naked. So wow. I feel like guys have this desire. There's, it's in our DNA to want to be naked. And as you said, kind of show our cocks to each other and 
you know, and that's why I really get a, a breath of fresh air working with Silver because he's a straight guy, but he acknowledges the importance of male nudity and bonding. And um, it's almost to me, it's like how women's when women hang out together, like on a retreat, their periods will all align. Uh, yeah, so I'll get on. So I feel like when men hang out naked, it it enhances like our testosterone levels and our balls start to like pulse with this masculine energy together, and like you feel this like brotherhood and. It's mm-hmm. just really life giving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's almost like doing gay gay shit makes me straighter. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, it's yeah. Fun. Is that the natural essence of it? I'm um I'm curious to hear how like these these hetero men in these experiences and containers, um, and what your teaching is and conduct around if a man gets an erection in that in that um environment yeah i mean i always just say like it's and i i post a lot too like if you get a boner it's totally cool because the cock is the outermost extension of your heart Uh so when you're getting uh, engorged that just means that your heart is like following its bliss and it doesn't mean you're gay or straight it just means you're a man you're stepping into more manhood Mm -hmm. um so i really encourage whether it's in my naked yoga classes or in my sexual kung fu it's like just if you're shriveled up, that's great. And if you had this raging heart on the whole time, that's great too. And don't make it mean anything other than that you're following your bliss and you're enjoying mm-hmm. yourself. You're excited. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, right. I do this, this straight guys. It's interesting. The most f- negative feedback I've gotten about all this has been from gay guys. Um, the straight guys seem to kind of get it. And for the most part. Um, so that was kind of interesting. It's, some of the gay guys are, but I don't want to say that, you know, cause, cause I really honestly think that these, the labels like are so they're not based in reality. So I try, I'm trying to get away from it, but at the same time I do advertise this is sexual Kung Fu for straight and gay men. Cause everybody still uses those terms. And I really don't want it to become like a queer group. I really yeah. want it to be inclusive of all men. Uh, cause that's my highest excitement. And there's yeah. enough, there's enough straight men's groups doing straight dude things. And there's enough gay men's groups doing gay things. I want everybody to come together as men to, to break mm-hmm. down gay, to break down the barriers of bi- even bisexual. And, you know, it's, it's really just us stepping into manhood and releasing shame together as a, as a tribe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not in many, like, I'm fluid and I, yeah, I don't have much dialogue with, you know, like in a group setting of of men that are, you know, like I'm straight, I'm gay, you know, I'm this and we're all just hanging out having conversations. Like I don't have much of that. Um, hmm. Most of my friends are quite hetero. A lot of my friends are like hetero queer, you know, like if like very expressive and like open and whatnot, but just actually just like women, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So would you say you're one of the few males in your peer group where you're open about your fluidity? Yeah. I don't think I have any other friends in my crew that are quite, yeah, like as fluid as I, I don't know. I don't think so. It's really cool because, um, I'm grateful for technology because people like you and me are able to connect. So we realize that we're not alone. 
And then I also think of, I have another friend who's kind of like us. He's like sort of like a shaman kind of fluid person. And he was saying that in many preliterate societies and tribes, <clears throat> the, the one who was considered sexually fluid was often designated as the shaman. And he said that when women were ovulating, when they were menstruating, they were considered too powerful for the men to interact with. So the, men, the women would often go off by themselves and hang out in a different place. And then the alpha male usually would have many, many wives and would have many, many offspring. Mm -hmm. And the alpha male would, when his wife was ovulating, he would go to the shaman, the sexually fluid shaman for, for healing, which involved this erotic healing. Epic. I didn't know yeah, that. so that sounded really cool to me. I was like, okay. So, because that's because I was wondering, I was like, why are all these straight guys coming to my class? But, you know, because I, I just taught like 50 straight guys in Hollywood naked yoga and sexual kung fu. And when the, when the organizer asked me to do it, I was like, are you sure they're going to be into this? He's like, it'll be funny. <laughs> <laughs> and it was very similar to what you had described in your ritual of self pleasure. Like, one of the other facilitators, she's this crone, this woman in her 60s. She's like a tantric person. And she actually does sex parties. Her, her name is Becca Zagani. And she's got a book called Venus and Her Lover about the sex parties that she coordinated around the world with, with uh, her husband drawing this art for their uh, oracle card deck or something. Anyway, she's really cool. So she'd set up this altar of like this Shiva-like figure doing yabyum with this feminine figure candles apples like everything you had said and so i taught the naked yoga and then she led us through this trance dance like in breath work ceremony and we were all like the guys like put had their their underwear back on for the for the dance part and then they were ripping off their shirts and we were like going up to each other like making deep eye contact and like not even being told what to do but like a lot of us i found myself in front of this man and we were in a sort of a squat position looking deeply into each other's souls using our hands to bring our sexual energy up and down our spines in coalescence with each other. And it was just so beautiful because they were all straight and we were all doing this stuff together. And then a lot of them came up to me after and like, can you, can you give me like a private one-on-one -on -one in my apartment? And I was like, sure, bro. <laughs> it was just so, um, it was kind of like the life that I'd always wanted to live. Now I feel like I'm giving myself permission to live. And I think that a huge part of it is actually semen retention. Yeah. All right. Because I actually have, because I have enough juice, like instead of like looking outside myself, like when I was doing cocaine, now I'm actually cultivating my own physical apparatus. And, and that I think is, it just makes it easier to manifest what you want when you got more juice. Uh -huh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Understand. Yeah. It's a practice that I like sway in and out of. Um, when I was younger, I had like a lot of ejaculation shame. Um, I didn't notice this until later, but like I would masturbate and like be able to, it wasn't like retention in the way of like you're not actually ejaculating and you like you, you're still orgasming, but that it's like you could continue going. But I had the ability to like tense my PC muscle 
and I would ejaculate, but nothing would come out. Perfect. But it's not, but it was, but it, the ejaculation was still happening. So I was still like when I kiss later, it'd come out, you know, like. Oh, interesting. Still in there somewhere. Um, huh. So, but when I eventually found out about um, like the, the multi, or like when I read the Mentokchia, um multi-orgasmic man and, and like I picked it up like this, I was like, oh, this, you know, all I got to do is just that one little frigid of like just pulling back one moment. I know how to tense the PC muscle and whatnot. I know how to that. And so I got really into that for ages and then I went into a big spell of just like every day, just like ejaculating, like, on myself here there just so i just to get over that shame i had of like ejaculation i think that's good too you yeah, know there's so, they, abraham hicks says there's sex in the vortex and there's sex out of the vortex there's ejaculation in the vortex and there's ejaculation out of the vortex and, and you're right it really is all about intention mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i i sway between you know of like but like i was saying to you at least if i do ejaculate i eat it i put it on me i don't just put yeah. it into a into the bin you know it's like yeah I try and ritualize it in some way or yeah. I'm practicing the, the, like the ejaculation retention. Yes. Uh, anthropologist Wendy Mandy says anything out of outside of uh, ritual, including sexual activities is bad for humans. And I agree. I, or I, I would say ritualizing things really adds a life giving element to, to uh, our activities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can. That was actually just something that reminded me is like in that question you asked of like, am I the only sexually fluid among my, my male friends is I think like majority of my male friends are ones that are like deeper in a path like me of spirituality and uh, temple arts and, and like sexual journey. They're actually like hetero, uh, but ritual fluid. Oh, cool. If, if like in a ritual or in art expression, they're open to like doing these things, but it's in the sake of ritual and in the sake of art expression in those moments, but yes. it's not actually like their day to day. They're not like they want women, you know, but it's like, yeah. Oh, you know, in a ritual, whether it's sex ritual, art ritual, this or that. Yeah. Cool. If we got to do a, a sacred spot ritual if i go to kiss him i could you know whatever it is what's a I'll sacred spot ritual like is that where you massage their prostates yeah yeah really yeah oh i <laughs> i just was kind of making a joke that's fucking awesome so you'll yeah, massage your straight friend's prostate glands it's it's like a a yeah, bringing some a penetration in using something either a finger or a um like an anal wand or something like that as like a ritual th- throughout a ritual, like sacred spot to loosen up, you know, to be able to so fully drop into the body and just like, ah, uh, you know, not be a tight ass anymore. That's so, so this is at your, at your um, self pleasure parties. Not, not mine. No, no, no. Um, oh. And there's like things that within different rituals, not my personal one. So self pleasure rituals is like, no one touches anyone else for me. I see. Um, but yeah, at certain sex parties or these kinds of things, or just just men's initiations, like just cool. my few of my friends, that's that's a part of it for them. To have to have you, de- not me, not me, oh. 
just I just know they do it in their certain rituals. I personally uh, never done a sacred spot ritual, but I know a lot of my male friends in their uh, certain rituals that they do with one another, they'll do that. I've just never been there at those certain moments. But all of them are like, yeah, we did a sacred spot ritual on the weekend among all these different things. I'm like, oh, true, cool, good on you. Wow. I didn't yeah. even know about the sacred spot ritual. That sounds really interesting. I think they all picked it up from Ista. Are you familiar with Ista? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Naomi, the, the woman who I'm co-facilitating with, is a student of Ista. Oh, cool. Yeah, so, I think wow. they all picked it up from there. Sacred spot ritual, eh? <laughs> I'm getting some ideas. I'm gonna have to. Do, I'm gonna do the, put a workshop on that. That's really cool because you know I had a new has a new. We have a new activity. <laughs> well, it's funny because I've got you know I've I have a colleague who um, he'll do something less invasive with with men. Um, he'll lift up their legs and then he'll mm-hmm. put his knee on their perineum and get them to breathe into it because the per, the perineum is the external pressure point for the prostate gland. Mm-hmm. and um, the prostate is connected energetically to the pineal gland in the center of the brain, which we know releases DMT when it's stimulated. So by stimulating that area, whether it's through a finger in the prostate or externally, I believe that it's helping to release perhaps little puffs of DMT into the body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would be very spiritual to have your prostate stimulated. So I could see why that sacred spot ritual would be very potent. <laughs> yeah, I... Um definitely open to trying at some point in my life like anal penetration is something still very new to me like I've I've had sex with men but I've never been penetrated personally mm-hmm. and just I've I've like female partners have fingered me like actually just one um mm. and I've had like I've been I've had rim jobs but outside of that it's still to me it's like I still have a bit more you know like relaxing and surrendering into that kind of initiation maybe you can play do you play with your own butthole much i have tried and i just don't get much from it on my own you know i'm mm. like i well, do have, it and it feels, it feels a bit like dis dissociate yes. to me I'm, i've done it and i'm like ah uh, now what you know like i wait take the for, castor oil put it on your fingers make sure that your nails are short Put on a lot of castor oil and then put castor oil on your on your butthole and then in in and up and then just finger your your uh, little walnut up there little prostate gland uh-huh. that, that could be like I want I want to get an anal wand and really just like see what that's like because I feel like just my fingers aren't doing it for me yeah I've, I've not tried heated times like I've tried get a, a few times get a crystal one from Rosie Ray's. Yeah, I want to get a crystal one. Um, It'll be cheap shipping because she's in Perth. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah or a butt like plug. Our butt, butt plug. Yeah. A crystal, a, a, an onyx, not an onyx, a, a black obsidian butt plug might be good for you. It's very, mm. very grounding in the root. Yeah, it's something I've definitely been thinking about a lot lately, especially last, oh, the first and last time I hung out with um, Tyrant. Sorry, there's lots of noise. No worries. I live like right on a highway. Um, okay. Yeah, he was like just talking about all the sacred spot rituals and he's like, oh, I need, while well, I'm in Sydney, I need to get a new anal one. And he's talking about all these things because he knows I'm sexually fluid. And I'm like, he's like, you know, what do you use? I'm like, I've never had my ass penetrated. He's like, 
oh, <laughs> I was like trying to relate to you in these yeah. ways. I'm like, because he's sexually fluid too, eh? Mm-hmm. He, t- like he talks about one of those more like hetero fluid kind of people, ritual, ritualistically fluid. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, like, but he he loves he loves um that you know, and like I have one of my great for uh, good friends who. So I used to date Alpha Mama and her partner before him is one of my good friends and he was, she was trying to talk me into um, she wanted to use a strap-on on me and, and he lived with us and she's like, you know, like I used to do it with him and he'd like talking to me. He's like, yeah, I was such a fuck. He's like very hetero, but he's like, I'm such a fucking slut for it. I loved it and it made me so uncomfortable, but I'm like, I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with keep telling me more, you know, like, and just that, like, just like, oh, fuck, you know, like a lot of my hetero friends are being pegged by their partners and and they're so into it. But to me, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll try it maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's so cool. Everything's so diverse. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you never know what people are into. And uh, I like Tyron was posting about, like, how he likes to wrestle naked with his friends and you know, he even said, he'll say things like, you know, like I'm into women, but I'm open to the possibility of falling in love with a man. And that's, I just think that's really nice. It's really nice that people are open to all of it and not, not willing to anymore to limit themselves to these constrictive labels that, that really, you know, somebody else's game. Well, interestingly enough, before I knew Tyron, um, the, the, the man, his name's Jeffrey, um, the one that wrote the poem about wanting to kiss me, mm-hmm. he was inspired by a live that Tyron had done where he was at Hayden, which is like, um, it's like magic school. It's like Easter's like hub. Oh, yeah. Um, and him and this other man there like had a, a moment of like bromance in the, in the mannerism or not even bromance, just like male-male intimacy and they, they kissed. Mm-hmm. Um and nothing more to my understanding, but they did alive about it. And and that was what inspired Jeffrey's poem about wanting to kiss me, which is That's like, this, like this chain mail of like all these different experiences. Yeah. Manimal yeah. love. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's beautiful. And, and I think that's why it's important that we talk about these things. Cause I know that there are guys out there who are attracted to a friend or that, you know, and they feel weird about it. And it's like, no, there's millions and millions of people who are feeling the exact same thing and it's okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It's just the conversations and hearing other people that are similar because like for me personally, um, you know, it's that thing of like tapping into that, that fluidity and not have having to me, not that it's wrong, but for me personally, it's like I don't want to all of a sudden have to be super camp or anything like yeah. that. Um, not that it's wrong, but just to me, I don't identify like that. And I can be. I can be very camp. But it's just mm. like I still want to keep my, like, brooding masculinity at times. Yeah. But I also want to love men at the same time. And, and just I slowly had to, like, break down that it meant, like, this or that, you know? Yeah, well, it's like it makes me think of the band of Thebes, um, which was a Spartan warrior class, and they were all gay with each other. They they had wives back home, but it was very open, and everybody knew that the Spartan warriors were all having sex with each other because they believed it yeah, would bond them. Yeah. So they'd be more yeah. apt to protect each other. And 
you know? So it's like, yeah, why, 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 why all of a sudden when people come out, do they have to talk like this? Oh my God. <laughs> why do they start have to talk like Jamee? <laughs> you know, yeah, unless yeah. you want to like, but there's, it's almost like there's this pressure, you know, where it's like, if you come out, you have to speak a certain way now, or even on the, on the flip side, if you're straight, you have to talk like this or something. It's like, no, just be as you be. And I will say that energetically, like with the glandular system, like when you're just talking like this all the time, you're not really mm-hmm. vibrating your testicles anymore. So mm-hmm. you're probably not releasing quite as much of juice into your system. You know, oh my God, mm-hmm. okay, I'm just going to do a, a talk and just start doing drag. And there's nothing wrong with doing drag if that's your, mm-hmm. your calling. But like when you tuck your cock in and when you're talking mm-hmm. like this, you're not vibrating your, your second chakra as much. So mm-hmm. you know, it, it probably will over time uh, maybe pinch you off slightly from that more sort of divine masculine essence on, a, on, a, on an endocrine level. Would you say this is just three theoretic? What's the word I'm trying to say? Theoretically um, speaking, would you say that's possibly why um, camp men are more likely to be bottoms? Is because they start disconnecting from their own. It's just a pussy with a handle, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that could be part of it. It could be part of it. Because I really, so their cocks and and they're all tucked back. Everything's been tucked in, so it's not breathing. There's no oxygen getting there, you know. And then, then on a on a on a verbal level, they're only vibrating their upper chakras. They're not actually vibrating. Like if oh, like what sound would my testicles make right now? Oh fuck! (laughs) It wouldn't be like oh my god, I can't. When I'm out here, I'm not. I'm not feeling. (laughs) So you know, yeah. So so the testicles produce testosterone, right? So you can actually enhance the, the secretion by massaging your testosterone, your testicles and breathing into them. And oh, like the haka, I'm thinking the haka by the Maoris, you know, you know, they're releasing testosterone before the match, right? So I would say that maybe on an energetic level, on a subtle or maybe not so subtle level, that is actually, um, it's, it's making most drag queens be more bottomy because, everybody needs some testosterone. So if you're not producing it by yourself, you want to have it injected into your butthole by some big, strong man. My mind is so blown in this moment. It's amazing. <laughs> well, because I've always like, wondered that, like why are camp men like never, not that I know, but I just assume that majority of camp men are like bottoms, you know, and they're not. Most of the drag queen and, friends I know are, are mostly bottoms, but not all, but, but yeah, I think there is a, there's a tendency to be bottom that's a theory anyway it's just a theory we're just hypothesis we're just pontificating or hypothesizing but uh uh, you know because the 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 anus so there's like a so the cock is kind of like a banana usually so it's going into the anus and it's actually when it goes in it it's like in the perfect place to press against the prostate gland because the shit goes that comes down there but then there's this like little enclave you, you know, and the only way, who is it? <laughs> My neighbor. <laughs> Hello. Um, the only way, uh, you know, to get to that prostate is either through digitally mm-hmm. or another man's cock. Mm-hmm. And it feels so good. And the ancient, uh, you know, warriors, like the, the, uh, the, the Spartans believed that if you received the sperm of a big, strong man, that it would make you a big, strong man as well. 
Um, so it just makes me think evolutionarily, there probably has been anal sex happening and perhaps there is a transfer of masculinization happening, uh, through, you know, the sperm going into another man's body. I'm thinking of like, you know, the pedestry. I'm not saying that was right, but an older man with a younger man, sometimes a younger boy, but usually they would have to have facial hair before this happened. They would mentor them and the mentorship included a sexual element. Wow. The, the Sambia tribe, the modern, I think some, some of them still exist. The Sambia tribe of New Guinea believe that men should not have sex until like 20 or 21 and then up until then, they're only allowed to have sex with other men. And so you'll see them take a, there'll be a younger man and an, and an older man. They'll go off into the forest and the younger man will, will give the guy a blowjob. And the idea is to ingest as much sperm as you can before, you know, you're 20 or 21 so that you'll be the most masculine for your wife. This is blowing my mind. This is amazing. <laughs> I did a wow. minor in, in sexuality in university, so I'm chock full of this shit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's epic. That's so much to think about. Yeah. Because a lot yeah, of, you know, religious groups will say, well, there's no evolutionary re reason for homosexuality. Well, if everybody's on a spectrum, actually, bisexuality and homosexuality specifically actually enhances social bonding. And if it's true, if they did some double blind studies, perhaps there is a benefit in terms of testosterone and, and the nutrients that are in semen and, and, you know, and even on an energetic level, you know, when you have sex with somebody, you kind of receive an imprint. So if you're having sex with somebody who's stronger, more intelligent, wiser, perhaps there is a wisdom in their seed. This is all just hypothesis. Wow. Ah, so much to think about. Um, yeah, I, I definitely feel like, not that I have done it, but it, like definitely um, prostate, like orgasm and, and penetration and like all those things, like is something I want to experience, you know, like to know. It's like, oh, I have this spot in my body that can create pleasure for me. Of course I want it, you know, to be stimulated. Um, but there's also other conditionings within me that says, no way, you know, like that's wrong, but well here, you need to learn sexual Kung Fu brother. Cause you can, do, you can do all this without even going down there. You know, like for me, some of the most beautiful sex I've had has been with myself doing sexual Kung Fu or doing yab yum, non-penetrative stuff with a partner. In fact, almost all the sex I have these, these days is non-penetrative because it's so deep. It's like, I'll have, I had this dude um, sitting on top of me, wrapping his legs behind me. And we were bringing our sexual energy. So basically squeezing the PC muscle, which actually squeezes the prostate. So we were squeezing our prostates, bringing the energy up, touch the tongue to the roof of the mouth, bring it back down. I was doing it on his back. He was doing it on my back. And then like we merged and it felt like I was on like MDMA or something or on ecstasy. And and I didn't even really like him that much. Like we had just had a bit of an argument before, but <laughs> we were still able to go really deep. And then we did this hold where we squeezed our rectums, focused at our third eyes. And I literally felt like I saw these colors and I felt like I was merging with this other being uh, who, was, who was sitting on top of me. And I was like, wow, that was amazing. And he's like, whoa, I felt like I was inside of you. And I was like, I felt that too. Uh, uh, uh. So we got the prostate stimulation. We got the deep soul sex without any penetration you know whatsoever so like there's a such a spectrum of, of how to do this you know 
hundred percent. And I, you know, I practice non-penetrative tantric, you know, like different ways, but again, you know, sometimes like what one of I say is like one of the benefits of don't have done having had done the, all the drugs in, in my earlier ages is like, I feel like I've easily been able to tap into these different states just through meditation and yoga and movement and whatnot. It's like, I know how to reach ecstasy quite quick because I know what it's like beforehand. Yes. And I feel like beforehand, if I never had done it and I started meditating, it might've taken me longer to figure it out. Yeah. Possibly. That's my theory. And that's yeah. what it's like when it comes to having, it's like, like having penetrative sex and then doing tantric non-penetrative sex is like, oh yeah, I can still reach orgasm because I sort of know what it's like. Yeah. And it's like, maybe I don't really know. I'm sure again, I can reach it with time, but I don't know what it's like to have a prostate orgasm. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be a bit harder for me to seek it um, through non-penetrative tantric practices unless I've actually had it before. I've had it before um, perhaps. Again, um, that's just the story. That doesn't mean it's true, but that's this. That's just you know something that goes on in my head as well. Yeah. Well, I have to go. I'm going to um, be interviewed by these people who want to do a YouTube thing on my naked yoga class, and they're these two straight guys, and they're really scared to come. But I'm trying to convince. I'm saying it's okay. You know, you'll just be nervous for the first five minutes. You know, don't worry. Nothing's going to get stuck up your rectum. Like <laughs> I got this one straight guy and he texted me. He said, you know, I really, I really want to come. And I, and, it, and he had actually come before. And then he, it was the most obscure text message. He said, I'm thinking like of, of waxing my asshole. Uh, you know, nobody's ever been down there before. Like, do I need to wax my asshole for this class? And I was like, we're not going to be like touching your asshole, but <laughs> if you want to wax it, you can <laughs> So it was, it was just cute. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, best of luck with that. And thank Thanks, you man. for the beautiful, enlightening conversation. Thank you as well, brother. It was really nice to connect with a like-minded being and uh, let's stay in touch. And uh, yeah, your people talk to my people. hundred percent. Lots awesome, of love. Dude. Lots of love. Thanks brother. Have yes. a great day. Yeah. Ciao for now. Thanks again, Reese, for tuning in. And I appreciate all you audience members for tuning in as well to co-create in this conversation today. Be blissful, be bountiful, be beautiful. If you want to check out my music, you can head on to iTunes, type in Will Blunderfield, and check out Mr. Reese Satchel at Paisley Heart. Hello, PaisleyHeart.com. May the long time